listeners, and welcome to Forging Employee Engagement, our official podcast. And yes, this is our very first episode. I'm joined here with my co-host, Alexander Norin. How are you, buddy? Literally couldn't be better. It'd actually be a crime. It would be illegal if I was doing any better than I am right now. I mean, this is just exciting stuff that we're starting off here. Wow, you sound like a puppy dog. Well, that's good stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) So what we are essentially striking out to do is we want to define employee engagement for the world. Because let's be honest, if you are listening to this, you have some sort of tie to the employee engagement space. And it might be frustrating to look out there and find out that there is not much content at all around employee engagement. You might get people's opinions and you might see some research articles that are very generic, but when it comes down to it, nobody really knows how to define employee engagement. Which is really a shame, right? Because this is a critical industry. I mean, we're talking the future of how people work in the office. This is so important and yet we're still uh, not all on the same page. And we are going to do our very best to help get everyone together here on one common ground to say, all right, what does this stuff mean? And now how can we apply it moving forward? That's right. So just to get us started, we want to, we want to address the idea that we don't really have a good definition of employee engagement. I actually have an article here from Harvard Business Review. This is done by Sean Graber or Graber. I hope it's the latter because, man, that would be unfortunate. Graber, perhaps. Graber. Interesting. Let's go with that. This is Sean Graber. Well, it is Harvard, so it's fancy. Ah. Or it could be French. It could be Grabe. Sean, could you please come on our show and clear this up for us? Because we can't even define your own name, much less employee engagement. Anyways, he says this. (laughs) Each year, companies are spending nearly three quarters of a billion dollars in an effort to improve employee engagement. That is a ton of money on employee engagement. It's a ginormous industry. He says, yet you will get wildly inconsistent answers if you ask managers what that means. Academics, consultants, and leaders have been grappling with this question for decades. Their working definitions range from the simple, like discretionary effort, Mm -hmm. to the mind-bending, complex, nonological network encompassing trait, state, and behavioral constructs. I understood next to nothing in that sentence. (laughs) Thank you, Harvard Business Review. (laughs) But essentially what he's saying is, It can be a very personal thing for organizations and it can be very simple or it could be extremely complex. And so all we want to do on this podcast is to get down into the nitty and gritty and give you a nice solid definition. And so it starts with where employee engagement even came from. Yeah. And it's got an interesting history, right? You turn the clocks of time back to the very beginning of, of the working world and, um, you know, when we started employing people, it was very much a, hey, you do this and I'll give you money. Just do it right and that's it. That, that is the extent of the relationship. As the decades have passed, uh, we've come to realize that, you know what, there's actually a lot more to this relationship than just an exchange of money and services, right? And so we've, we've started trying to develop this concept and that's, and that's where we're coming from. We're coming, we're evolving as, as a society from this yeah. exchange. Think, think of the evolution of like just industry in general. I mean, back in the day of the Rockefellers mm-hmm. and the Carnegie's, 
we needed to build steel. We needed to create a railroad. And so we needed to hire people to come in and just do a job. We need to build two miles of railroad a day. I don't care how I treat you or what it takes, just get it done. And so we almost treated these people as tools. And, and, and so we evolved into this workplace of, we still need to get the job done and you still need to do your job, but we'll pay you <laughs> or we'll compensate you so that you can at least feel like you're doing something with your life. Absolutely. And then what we're looking at as we go forward into the future is saying, okay, now here we are, we're in a good relationship where employees and organizations understand that there's this mutually beneficial um, connection right between the two but how do we enhance that even more to really mimic real world relationships because if you if you if you take out the word employee and employer and, and say person one and person two are in a relationship where person one tells person two what to do and person two is expected to do it um, and then person two receives some amount of compensation that that's not a very great relationship to be in however if you rephrase that and say well person one and person two are in a mutually beneficial relationship where person one needs person two to do something and person two feels internally compelled to do it because they respect and they agree with and they appreciate person one now all of a sudden that's a positive relationship and so that's really what we're looking, that's really what the future is in this industry is to have organizations treat their employees like they're in a relationship and to treat them like they would, you know, in, in many respects, like they would a significant other or a best friend. So person one, if you're listening, you need to do a little bit better helping person two get through life mm -hmm. in the workplace at least. And you really think about it. These people are dedicating a lot of time to being at work, they should feel satisfied. They should feel like their work matters and that they are being taken care of. And let's be honest, okay, this evolution continues to happen to where now we have employee benefits and now we have um, extra things to, to like the extreme of like Google who lets you do yoga with your dog at work <laughs> or, or Facebook that they, they, these are places that you want to work at because- It's a community. It's a community and, yeah. and you feel taken yeah, care of. And, and so many companies in today's world have not evolved yet. We're still kind of treating people as tools. Here, as tools and here's your contract. And how well is that working? Well, if you're listening to this, you know, it's not working well at all. Did you know that the average retention rate in companies is like a year and a half? Yeah, it's, it's sad, really. It really is sad. And, and, and with all of the, with all of the research that's been done and, and all of the progress that's been made, we know that there's a better way to do it. And if you're listening in, you know that too. You know that there's a better way. And we are going to embark on this journey together to figure out how we can best navigate this space and make the most improvements and most changes to organizations so that employees and employers can coexist together in a harmonious way as opposed to just this you know, contractual obligation. That's right. And, and we're seeing actually some really cool stuff being done in the industry. Mm -hmm. Currently, we have like employee engagement software right. that lets you do surveys more than just one time a year. They actually compile the results and package it nicely so that you can look at it in a report. Right. There are great companies doing that right now. We're moving past just self-reported data where you've got like sentient analysis. Mm -hmm. We can look at how people are feeling based on their communications via email or another aspects right and the the future is ai and compiling this data that we can now collect into a way that hr tech is no longer just 
this fluffy, hey, let's talk about work culture. We turn it into this thing where we can bring hard data to the table and we can show the CEO that the reason that people aren't staying is because of X, Y, and Z. We have proof in the data. And if we make these changes, we would end up saving thousands of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars a year on uh, turnover, retraining, getting, finding new people, the stress. I mean, there's just so many reasons why financially from a business point of view, it makes sense to pay attention to this data. You know? And Alexander, you mentioned quite often about the customer experience revolution. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is a huge deal, right? Where now we have to treat customers like people because we're not right. the only option. We don't have a monopoly. They could go buy our product five other different places. And so we need to create an experience for the customers that is untouchable. Right. And right. if you really look at it, right, the best driver for happy customers is happy employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One right. can make that argument. Oh, and, that, and I, I, think it's, I think it's a very easy argument to make, right? Because think about any, any product service that you've interacted with where you've had to speak with a company representative, by and large, your impression of that product or service is greatly affected by how you interacted with that employee. I think of airlines as a great example, right? You, you can kind of tell which airlines treat their employees terribly and which ones don't. Uh, Cause it's reflected when you take a flight and the stewardesses are either, uh, really nice or they're really just could not care less, you know? And it's the, the same thing translates to absolutely every other industry where if, if you make sure your employees are, are treated like they matter, you know, then, they will in turn not only not only work harder, which is nice, right? But but really, they'll be innovators on the job. They will think about, hey, what can I do to help the this organization that I work for in the best possible way? Whether that's customer service, whether that's product development, whether that's sales, or even back end stuff like accounting. You know, all of these aspects would be enhanced as employers start helping their organization, helping their employees feel like they make a difference. Helping your employees feel like they make a difference is going to give them a sense of significance. It's going to give them a sense of belonging. And we don't want to jump too far into the the psychology of this all yet, but a happy employee tends to be a productive employee. And so what we want to do is very simply delve into some of this. We, we, we want to interview lead researchers. We want to take the top performers. We want to look at... Companies that are doing it right bring their CEOs onto this podcast and ask them, what is the secret sauce? And let's be honest, a lot of them are creative and it's not going to work for every single company, but at least you now, listener, have a place to go where you have all of this information in one place and you can draw upon it in your own business. You can take the stuff that you like, you can throw out the stuff that you don't like, and hopefully we can help you create a better and safe work environment. Absolutely right. And the good news is we already have lots of people lined up for our show and we're really excited to take a real deep dive into all of this, this wonderful space and bring the most value to you. We're excited to have you on this journey with us. So stop listening to this episode because it's just us rambling. Let's get to the experts. Join us on next episode.